For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. In the name of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. Good morning, church. Can you believe this is the, th the third Sunday of Advent? This next week is, the, is I think, the, the, the best part of Advent because the expectancy of, of getting, that, getting to be that Christmas morning is coming and it's building up inside of us. You know, Advent, Advent's about waiting, isn't it? Advent is about waiting. Michael and I um, usually get our property tax bill in the mail in October, the end of October, beginning of November. But it's been so crazy that just a couple weeks ago, I thought to myself, well, we haven't seen that tax bill. And so because I didn't want to pay the exorbitant convenience fee, I booked an appointment down on Orange Avenue, the, the tax collector's office there, thinking that um, that might be, hoping that that might be a place that there aren't a lot of people and it would be a quick turnover. Well, my hopes were dashed. Um, when I walked in the room, right, there were only two seats left. And so I plopped down and I looked up and there's this sign right in front of me. And there are columns in the, on the sign that tell what the collector is collecting. And I looked at property tax for, and the names. I'm looking down the names, down the names. I get to the end and my name wasn't even on the board yet. Well, I can tell you that my wait in that office was not full of expectancy and a joy and hope. No, the only thing I was going to leave with that day was a much leaner wallet. That waiting is not the kind of waiting that I experienced as an expectant mother. Pregnancy doesn't seem real. Well, I should say pregnancy didn't seem real to me um, for at least the first few months because you're not showing and you're not, it, it just, it doesn't seem real. And it didn't become real to me until one day I was walking down the, the road and I, I felt a flutter in my stomach, and it was a flutter that I'd never experienced before, and I instantly knew that it was the life, life within, growing within me. I could feel her life within me. And from that time on, every day, all day, waking in the morning, going to sleep at night was all about preparing it was all I could think about, preparing for my daughter to, to come. I spent hours reading parenting books and making lists of all the things that our house would need to, uh, that we'd need to purchase for our house. I'm planning how I wanted to give birth. I was researching childcare options. I, I um, thought about how I was going to feed her, what I was going to feed her, what kind of diapers we were going to use, what we were, how we were going to educate her. It was a season of preparation, anticipation, and expectancy. The sign of motherhood 
in the waiting room listed in months. And as each month gave way to the next, excitement grew. At the end of this line, we would go home with a, a, a human, a new human formed in my womb, not by human hands, but, by, but given life through the one, the only one who can give life. Advent is about waiting. It's about waiting, not like in the tax collector's office, but like an expectant mother. In Advent, we wait knowing the baby is coming. Tish Harrison Warren takes the point further in her book, Advent. She writes, quote, the countdown that we experience in Advent, in the Advent season, leading up to Christmas, is not only a countdown to the big day of fun and presents, though it is that, it is a disposition that we should, that should mark our whole existence as a Christian. Truth be told, the baby that we await for in Advent is not only the baby in the manger, but it's, it is also that of Christ coming in his second, um, his second return, coming in his glory. This season is mostly about the end of this present age and the beginning of a new age, so the birth of a new heaven and a new earth, where righteousness will dwell, where God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all nations. Our lesson for this Sunday include two prophets, Isaiah and John. Isaiah tells the story of God's salvation, prophesying of life that was cut, the life that was coming, and John tells the story of our participation in that story, prophesying when, what our response to that life coming should be. The New Testament was shaped deeply by the vision of Isaiah. It was, it was so much um, shaped that the early church referred to Isaiah as the fifth gospel. In the introduction to his fifth century translation of the Bible, the Vulgate, Jerome wrote this about Isaiah. He said, Isaiah should be called an evangelist rather than a prophet because he describes all the mysteries of Christ and the church so clearly that you would think that he's composing a history about what has happened as opposed to prophesying what is to come. Isaiah's gospel gets to the heart of God's character. In 61, two, one, I'm sorry, in 61, 1 and 2, we read the mission of the servant Messiah. And by reading that, we can understand why we wait in darkness during Advent. This one who will be in the holy manger, his life is given to proclaim good news to the oppressor. And the, I'm sorry, to the oppressed. Well, good news to the oppressor too, right? Good news to the oppressed and the poor. To bind up the brokenhearted. To release the captives. To proclaim the Lord's favor. To comfort those who mourn. Every action of God is given in those sentences to relieve suffering. It all speaks of the condition of misery and anguish 
depression, anxiety, loss, mental distress, agony, lamentation, death. The state of the world that we live in. Jesus proclaims good news to those of us who are so broken by life that we have no more heart to try. To those of us who are bound up in our various addictions, that liberty and release are a cruel mirage. To those of us who think we'll never experience the favor of the Lord or we'll never see his vengeance on those who are, are, have misused and abused us. He preaches to those who think that their lives hold nothing but ashes and sackcloth and the fainting heaviness of despair. These are they to whom he shouts this, this message out of Isaiah, this, he shouts good news, great tidings of joy to all. I've been anointed to bring you righteousness and praise. It is, a, it is sure that as, as sure as the earth bringing forth green shoots after the winter, I bring relief. And he doesn't just hurl the words. Isaiah 61, 3 and 4 says his words provide, provide comfort to those who mourn. His words give a garland instead of ash. They give the oil of gladness, of joy. His word gives the mantle of praise to the faint of heart. They make an everlasting covenant that covers our shame and our nakedness with the garments of salvation and the robes of righteousness. It is the Lord who causes righteousness and praise to spring up. It, he planted that life through the life, the death, the resurrection and ascension of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, just as God is the one who opens a mother's womb to receive life. So he is the prime mover in this grand story of our salvation, church. And his desire is for us to be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. Oaks of righteousness. Oaks of righteousness. The tree symbolizes stability, permanence, and abundance. But to understand what Isaiah is getting at here, we have to go back to Isaiah 1, 29 through 31. It, it'll provide us a contrast. For they shall be ashamed of the oaks that you desired, and you shall blush for the gardens that you have chosen. For you shall be like an oak whose leaf withers, and like a garden without water, and the strong shall become tender, and his work a spark, and both of them shall burn together with none to quench them. 
Here, we are shown the sin and rebellious, rebellion of our forefathers who chose the wrong garden, broke off the watering spring of God's provision because they wanted to glorify themselves. And I say, we can say we as well. We're in on that. And as a result, they perished. Isaiah contrasts those strong people with the poor, the brokenhearted, captives, prisoners, and mourners in chapter 61. They are the ones that are comforted. They are set at liberty, given oil of gladness, and called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. They, and it goes on, they shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Those who choose to open themselves up to receive from the Lord through faith in an acceptance of the life of self-denial and sacrifice that Jesus led are brought into wholeness and they live and are called oaks of righteousness. Advent. Advent is a season to practice faith and hope through expectant waiting. Just as an expectant mother waits for her baby to grow, we wait and pray. Stir up your power and with great might come among us because we are sorely hindered by our sins. Let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us. Bring us to full term for your glory. Advent is a season to begin this new year explicitly foregrounding not our own plans, not our own goals and successes and achievements, but receiving life from the one who calls us trusting that he's faithful to do what he said he would do in us, even though we don't see it, even though it's not evident at times, in the darkness, trusting that he is able and he will sanctify us entirely. He'll keep our bodies and our souls sound and blameless until the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ as Paul writes in Thessalonians. This Advent, may we be pregnant with the life of God. Church, may we be pregnant with the life of God. May we live this season in preparation and expectancy and anticipation. May we know that as the earth brings forth its shoots and a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord causes righteousness and praise to spring up in us before all the nations. Our countdown, it's coming to an end very soon.
But our disposition, our, our disposition lives on. The life within, the life within us, may it be, may it be a disposition that witnesses to the light, to the life that is Christmas. Amen.